Your Steve Jones Show podcast will start shortly. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Brewers Outlet, your beverage supermarket on Reagan Street in Sunbury. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by our good friends at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury. The Beverage Supermarket imports domestics microbrews. Best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drinks, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. And the pickle bar is indeed second to none. Led by the barrels and the dills. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury. The Beverage Supermarket. I'm in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia. Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. By the way, the AP was able to get a hold of the ledgers of the U.S. Olympic Committee. And you know what it showed? It showed based on their projections, the United States was expected to win between 37 and 43 medals at this Olympics. Right now, they're at 21. That's a wow. All right. Time now for our play-by-play call of the day. Mello giving the ball. Here we go. 107 apiece. Holds it. So Westbrook up top, catch and shoot angle right three at the buzzer, cha-ching! A thunder money ball! Oh, baby! Westbrook to catch and shoot angle right, Trey wins it! Play-by-play call of the day. All right, everything going on with the NCAA. Uh, More importantly, we get an opportunity now to talk to Dave Russ on the BTN. Dave, you've gone through a lot. You have gone through a lot. All of us, especially me, have been thinking about you a lot uh, because uh, there's no better guy out there. So welcome to the show. It is great to hear you with us. Yeah, it's been a crazy uh, little run here of the last maybe five or six weeks, Steve. So I am feeling better. It's just uh, kind of had this virus that, Attacked me and caused his Bell's palsy, and then uh, came back and and he caused some vertigo, which uh, had me off filter again. So it's it's been miserable, but I definitely am feeling better and and hoping to be all right heading into New York here. Well, you have no idea how much all of us have been thinking about you. So believe me, because uh, a lot of people around this the conference care very much about Dave Revson. Uh, well, it's nice of you to say. Yeah, I mean, you know, the big thing I would say that. First of all, I had a ton of people reach out, and it blew me away. It was really moving. Um, you know, it, it, it's not a life-threatening thing, and and so um, you know, I, I didn't want to didn't want to make it a case of, of overkill or anything. It just made it really challenging to work. But but it has meant a lot. How many people have reached out, and uh, a lot of Penn State fans among them in a lot of different forms. So yeah. it means a lot. Well, because you mean a lot to, to all of us, me as a friend, and so forth. Uh, and uh, by the way, what does Dave Revson continue? 
continue to do log the heavy innings. I mean, you can you can give Dave Refson the ball even wounded, he'll still give you good eight good innings. All right, so, <laughs> I'll try. All right. Um, obviously, here here we go again. Something else. Everyone knew that there were going to be names, names somewhere along the way. You and I both know the FBI is strategically leaking to get uh, as it builds its case. When you just read this. How important is common sense needed to kind of weed your way through these stories? Well, tell me what you're getting at there. Uh, I mean, I feel like you've got an angle. No, uh, not, not really an angle. In, like, in other words, what let, are you getting at? Uh, for example, uh, money to Mile Bridges' mom or a dinner or something like that. Now, uh, yeah, I mean, look, the violation's a violation. Yep. Um, I mean, I, I understand what you are saying and whether, you know, does – would uh, a dinner for somebody's mom, does that impact your view of them the same way as $10,000 would? Well, of course it doesn't. Right. But in the eyes of the NCAA, if you've taken a, an extra benefit or if you've gotten you know anything funneled to you from an agent, you're ineligible, period. And so uh, while there is, I think, gray area in our minds and in the way that most people would look at this, there isn't a gray area necessarily from an NCAA point of view. That's now, good point. You know, can you pay? Can you pay restitution? Yes, but but you know, there's there are eligibility issues here. So I'm going to be fascinated to see how these schools who have players who are named here, who are currently active, and Miles Bridges is one of the obvious ones. Wendell Carter at Duke is another one. How do these schools react? Because, you know, in, in essence, then, if, if you continue to play them, are you jeopardizing your entire season by knowingly playing an ineligible player if they turn out to be ineligible? So, it, I mean, it's a fascinating situation. You're right. I mean, I think they are leaking it very strategically. Uh, there's a reason that it's coming out now. There's a reason these guys were given access. Uh, Pete and Pat, who did an amazing job with it, two guys I respect immensely, yep. were given access to these files. But but let's be honest here. This is one set of files from one agency. I mean, you know, and they kind of said at the very beginning, we've got your blueprint now. So in essence, what they're telling you is, look, this is a very small slice of the pie. And the people who are named here just happen to be eating the wrong piece of pie at the wrong time. Right. But that's not to say that there's this is the only culpability here. I mean, I think you'd be completely naive to think that it is. I mean, again, this is just the tip of the iceberg. And who knows why? Why did they leak that page or that series of pages? Who knows? But but it really is a fascinating backdrop now to, to this story and to the stretch run in college hoops. Yeah, there are a lot of agents out there. This is one computer. That's yep. what it comes down as one computer. Uh, how interesting is it going to be in the next 24 hours if anything is done, for example, at Michigan State, since they have, quote, a current player named in here that it's not illegal in terms of the, but it's an NCAA violation if true? Yeah, and I guess what's really challenging about the Michigan State one is, is not even him, right? It's to his family, and, you know, his mom was. If you read that Sports Illustrated article, she wasn't all that supportive of him coming back in the first place. That's right. I mean, it's really a, it's really a weird situation because if, if you spend any time around Miles, I mean, he really is a, he's a really, really nice kid, which doesn't preclude you. Really nice people can, you know, take money from agents. I'm not necessarily saying right. the two are mutually exclusive. I'm just saying he, 
has all along kind of seemed like a guy who was doing this coming back just because he genuinely enjoyed it and, and, you know, didn't really look at money as a motivator. Um, maybe that was a front. I, I don't really think it was, but yeah, they have a really interesting decision to make before one o'clock Eastern time on Sunday when they play against Wisconsin here, because now at this point, now you know that he's in this report. And so now, you know, anything you do is with that knowledge. And, and I do believe that that changes the NCAA's viewpoint of, of how you handle it, though I, I don't necessarily know all the ins and outs of that. You know, that, that is my sense. A week from today, we'll be talking about the Big Ten tournament. Uh, going into this tournament, why, in your opinion, Dave, is, is the conference that far back where only four locks appear to be for the NCAAs right now, as opposed to the Big 12 where you got a team like Oklahoma, which is on a six-game losing streak, still considered to be in? It does seem strange. I mean, Oklahoma did a lot of work early on this year and, and has some high-quality wins. Uh, I, I think some people are starting to reconsider this notion of Oklahoma as a lock. Like, when you think about a lock, you don't think about a team completely collapsing right. down the stretch, which is kind of what it feels like uh, Oklahoma's doing. And uh, So, I, you know, whether or not they end up making it in, at, you know, wherever they are, I think they're like 16-11 right now. You know, they, they would probably behoove them to win a few of these games. And I know they've got K-State and Iowa State, I think, among others here down the stretch. So, uh, But I hear what you're saying on the Big Ten. I, I think it's just been a weird year for the league where you have kind of an imbalance, maybe somewhat like SEC football this year. You, you don't really have any terrible teams in the Big Ten. I, I do think that's kind of been an interesting twist on this year. And, in fact, we talk about this on our show on Sunday. There really aren't, really aren't that many terrible teams in all the power conferences in college basketball. There are a couple of really bad ones in uh, the Pac-12 with Washington State and Cal, and then Pitt is is horrific, as you know. Uh, but beyond that, you know, kind of everyone's pretty good. Like everyone can kind of beat you. And the Big Ten, I think, is is reflective of that. Where you know, hey, Illinois gave Purdue a heck of a game yesterday. Rutgers right. took Michigan State to overtime. Iowa nearly beat Michigan State. You can kind of go down the list here. Uh, even the, the teams that are going to be playing on Wednesday aren't that bad. So that's, I think that's created a little bit of a problem where, where teams have lost games to, to teams at the bottom of the league that, that hurts you in the eyes of the committee I and mean, it hurts you to lose to Wisconsin or Minnesota, you know, in the way that Penn State did, for instance. But, uh, but, but you don't necessarily get a ton of credit for beating that middle of the league. Um, to kind of your original question, is the Big Ten bad? Like, I don't think it is. I mean, I, I think there are a couple teams that, could win the national championship, you know, if everything falls their way in Michigan State and Purdue. So any league that has a couple potential national champs isn't a bad league. I, I just feel like the middle has been a little bit soft and the bottom has been just good enough to make things miserable for everyone else. Which then brings me to the next part, because I'm going to see, obviously, Nebraska coming up on Sunday. Yeah. Boy, it's hard to imagine a, a 21-team with 12 conference wins being left out. I mean, that's the part that when you have to play a marathon for I mean, the last you know two months, you've been playing nothing but Big Ten teams. That's not a bad yeah, schedule. Left out with 13. They yeah. could be left out with 13. Right. They and, could be Penn State and still be left out. Right. I mean, yeah. that's not a bad schedule to play nothing but Big Ten teams for two months. I hear you. I mean, the set of circumstances surrounding Nebraska is so odd. I mean, I can't remember really seeing anything like this. I mean, they just got every bad break 
in terms of the schedule. You know, yeah. that they did kind of get home and homes with top teams because they're so good at home. And they lost once all year on a three by Kansas at the essentially at the buzzer. I mean, in the last right. 10 seconds. Right. By Luke is one of the best shooters in the country. And otherwise, they would have been undefeated at home. So, you know, if you could have gotten Michigan State or Purdue or Ohio State at home, maybe it's a different story with right. Nebraska and you get one of those. Or if they just would have held on to beating Kansas, it'd be a different story because that would obviously be a major feather in their cap. So kind of everything that's worked could work against them has – they got a great win early in the year against Minnesota when Minnesota was at full strength and really good. They were ranked in the top 15 exactly. in Nebraska, beat them, and they're getting zero credit for that. I mean, it's right. like it didn't even happen. Right. So kind of everything that could possibly go wrong for Nebraska in some ways has, other than the fact that, you know, they keep winning games, that they're reasonably healthy. I mean, all of that stuff's gone well. But but schedule-wise, it's just like been – I've never seen anything like it. It's just crazy. In fact, when Nebraska beat Minnesota, the Minnesota people told me that their thought process at that time was that, hey, look, there'll be no worries and no, you know, no, you know, down the stretch problems with Minnesota this year. That's how good they thought they were. Well, that's how good they were at that point. I mean, they're really playing well. You know, this is a team that, I mean, look, everyone kind of knows what has happened with them, but, you know, they were 13 and three. Right. Uh, they beat Alabama. I mean, obviously, it was a crazy game. They went to Providence and won. You know, Providence pretty good. That's not, you know, certainly any road game like that is is tough. They were good. I mean, and that's the team. Them, they were, and, in, and that's the team Nebraska good. beat. That's yeah. the team Nebraska beat. Yeah, I know, and and they get no credit for it at all. Yeah, uh, it, that's that's the odd part about this, which now brings to the next question: The Big Ten is going to go to twenty games beginning next season. Nothing. Yeah. You know, so no. So that's going to eliminate the possibility of a couple of non-conference games. Now they could be against Winthrop, or it could be against Alabama. Who knows? Uh, what are your thoughts on that, especially with how this season seems to be playing out? See, to me, Steve, this season just feels like an anomaly. I agree. Like, I think in co- in college basketball, you are incentivized to play a good schedule. I think we're learning that in college football, you're not. I thought you were going to be. I thought this committee was going to incentivize you to play a good schedule. Agreed. But as it turns out, it doesn't really matter. So so we've learned that lesson from this year. But in college basketball, because of the heavy reliance on the metrics, on strength of schedule and all that, you are incentivized for playing a good schedule. Now, there are ways to game the strength of schedule, and we have certainly seen that. And, and I think Nebraska kind of messed up on that too. I mean, if you're, you know, kind of keep using that case of Nebraska, there were teams that they thought were going to be a lot better that they played in the non-conference that turned out to be really bad. Yeah. Uh, and, and that has hurt them too. Um, but by and large, if you play a non, good non-conference schedule, you'll be rewarded for it and you'll be rewarded for playing more games against teams in your conference if you're in a power conference because those teams generally come away with high RPIs and are, and are well thought of. And, and when you plug them into metrics, they spit out good numbers. So I think that playing 20 games makes sense for the Big Ten. Agreed. Whether or not playing nine conference games in football makes sense is a different discussion. Right. Yeah. And I think we're beginning to see that maybe that doesn't. But, but I think more conference games in basketball – with the way that it's constituted, with the heavy reliance on metrics, I, I think that's a good thing, and that this year is just weird. 
What do you think about how the stretch run has played out for Penn State and what they can do to maybe uh, can Penn does Penn State have the ability down the road based on what you're seeing to strengthen the middle? I don't mean this particular year, but maybe even a little bit long term. Well, yeah, I mean they definitely do. I mean, I think they're really good. I mean, you you've watched every game from the best seat in the house, so you know you know better than I do. But to me, every time I've seen them, I look at them and say that's an NCAA tournament team. Now, the fact that Watkins is out is devastating. Uh, I, I think that's really going to hurt against Nebraska. They are a team that loves to drive into the paint, that gets to the free throw line. Yeah, they don't have a true center, and so you could say, oh well, you know. You, you don't need to match them with a big guy because Isaiah Roby is, is a very undersized center. But mm-hmm. on the defensive end, Watkins would help you a ton against them because of, of the way they drive. So, But with him in the picture, I mean, if Tony Carr stays, you know, if, if he doesn't uh, test the, the draft waters, I mean, yeah, this is a team I think can be great next year. And they have built a really solid foundation. The issue this year is, as you know, not particularly deep. But I think that problem is going to be addressed here a little bit. So, yeah, I, I think they, they're really good. And I, it's just a shame. I really want to see them figure out a way to get in this year, as I know Penn State fans do too, because they're worthy of being in. And if they were in the tournament, they'd play well. And I think they could beat somebody in, in kind of, you know, one of those 8-9 type games or 10-7 type games. I mean, they're good enough to win a game or two. So, I hope they figure out a way. I like the way that the Big Ten tournament's playing out for them right now, just in that yeah. they'd probably be on the opposite side of the bracket as Michigan State, and I certainly think they could beat Purdue, and we, we know they could beat Ohio State. So if they were on that side of the bracket, you know, maybe they can make a run here. Hey, get better. I hope I, hope I see you in New York because that would be a good sign. So. Oh, yes. I Well, I plan to be there. So uh, I'm, I'm hoping uh, I will see you there. and. Hoping it's a long stay for you. Yeah, well, believe me, a lot of people here, and especially me, think the world of you. So really, you know, whatever it takes, get better, okay? Thanks, Steve. Doing my best. Thank you. That is Dave Revson, BTN. We'll come back with more in a moment. Brought to you by Brewers Outlet on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Okay, so let's outline this for you as to what the latest information dump from the FBI is to uh, the great work uh, that's been done by Pat Forty and uh, by Pete Thamel. Uh, and they've done great work on this. All right. Okay. Here are the teams that have been identified in the FBI probe. They include Oklahoma State, Arizona, Auburn, and USC in the original group. Okay, uh, Potential impermissible benefits and preferential treatment for players and families. Here's the list of schools. Alabama, Duke, Kentucky, LSU, Maryland, Michigan State, NC State, North Carolina, Seton Hall, Texas, USC, and Washington. Right? Schools named, and this is the Andy Miller group, by employee Christian Dawkins' expense reports. They include Clemson, Kansas, Louisville, Michigan State, South Carolina, Texas, USC, Utah, Wichita State, and Xavier. Schools that have players' families listed as meeting with Christian Dawkins. Alabama, Creighton, Duke, Iowa State, Kentucky, North Carolina, Notre Dame, Texas, Vanderbilt, Virginia. 
schools with active players implicated. Alabama, Colin Sexton, Duke Wendell Carter, Kentucky, Kevin Knox, Michigan State, Miles Bridges, South Carolina, Brian Bowen, Texas, Eric Davis Jr., USC, Benny Boatwright. Schools with former players implicated. Clemson, Creighton, Iowa State, Kansas, Louisville, LSU, Maryland, NC State, North Carolina, Notre Dame, Seton Hall, Utah, Vanderbilt, Virginia, Washington, Wichita State, and Xavier. Party time, game time, or just fun time. Doesn't matter what time it is because it's Brewers Outlet time. The Beverage Supermarket has the area's largest beer selection. Imports, microbrews, ciders, and domestics. Pick from over 100 ice-cold 12-packs and dozens of 24-ounce singles. Soda, snacks, hot sauces, fresh roasted peanuts. Make it one-stop party shopping and don't forget the pickle bar. So whatever you're celebrating or just doing it up, Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, Sunbury wants to see you. And thank you for your years of Patronage. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Sunbury Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports, domestics, microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drinks, snacks. And, of course, they roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. The pickle bar led by the barrels and the dills is indeed second to none. In fact, the pickle bar has been used to settle wagers in certain quarters. And I'm in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, care it's 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And now we bring in... King of Kings, the master of disaster, the prognosticator of all prognosticators, the person Vegas fears, my brother. <laughs> I don't see where the pickle thing's been settled. Wage has been settled. Well, you get no them. I'm floating by here. I've been well, going I'm... out every day, and all I see is birds flying around. I'm waiting for that drone to come. <laughs> It's like the well, peanuts. It's like the peanuts cartoon when Charlie Brown kept going out to the mailbox looking for his Valentine. Yeah. Unfortunately, unfortunately, the person in charge of getting the drone to deliver the pickles took the money and bought another chutter. <laughs> hey, I got a serious question for you. I thought about you all week, hearing all this stuff in Louisville and all this stuff. You've been. 
arguably around the basketball program longer than anybody in the country, right? I mean, 1980. You've been doing basketball for Penn State since 1980. So if you do the math, let's see, 10, 20, 30, 38 years, okay? If the head coach, if the team assistant coach was getting prostitutes and doing crazy stuff with the team, would the head coach know? You would think on the surface, eventually they'd hear about it, but it doesn't necessarily mean they would know. It It just depends on, again, who... Here's the problem. The reason I think the head coach might know, without saying it in a meeting, obviously, yeah, I'm not it's, putting it's, you on the spot. It, it's just... too difficult. It's too difficult for everybody to keep their mouths shut. Hmm. Okay. Well, with the brief time that I spent in New York City, you know, and the team was in the hotel and the. That there's a very closeness among a basketball team that you don't necessarily have with a football team because there's just not the numbers. And you guys travel all over the country and spend so much time so close together, it seems impossible for me to believe that Rick Patino knew nothing, had no clue of what was going on, when it's just not a large group of people. It depends. Now, sometimes now let's 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 play devil's advocate here. Mm-hmm. All right. What if a guy is trying to build his reputation and goes rogue? No, seriously, you know, you're trying to build your reputation. Like, hey, you know, instead of using actual names, Bobby got us all these recruits. Wow, you know, maybe we ought to move Bobby up from director of basketball operations up to an assistant coach. You know, I, I, You're I don't also know. talking about a coach who had extramarital affairs, right? Oh no, I know. In restaurants, you know, um, and we'll leave it at that. I think a lot of people know what he did. He's not a clean, clean dude at all. He never has been. So I, this holier than thou thing, and boy, poor Rick, and Rick didn't know. I don't believe any of that. I think Rick was uh, right in the I'm, middle of all of it. Yeah, I'm just giving you. I just gave you a devil's advocate, right? Answer to the question about how could it be? Well, it could be this. It could be obvious that he knew about it, or it could be that somebody. Look, I'll do. You know, it could have been. Hey, do whatever it takes to get these guys. Yeah. All right, but you don't know what it took. Yeah. I don't know. And now me and Sean were talking before it came on. All these other schools implemented, big-time schools. College basketball may crash. Well, well I think Bucknell's now a number two crash, seed. But it's, when you get names like Duke involved in controversy, then it's getting pretty serious. So, Well, some of this, while being an NCAA violation, right? Are not exact. Some of these, like their payments, they hear that according to the ledgers, claim there's seventy three thousand dollars on one guy, thirty seven thousand to another, ten thousand to another. But then there are others in here that aren't specified or of amounts, aren't specified 
or it's uh, $400 to this family, $600 for travel for that family. Those are NCAA violations, but they aren't hit you over the head with a hammer kind of violations. They're, they're violations, but some of them are don't rise to the level of, oh, my God. Right. Um, sometimes when there's smoke, there's fire. You wonder why these schools... I mean, the, the need to win is so big, and we've all learned the older we get, when money is involved and big money is involved, all bets are off. Hey, Steve, I'll piggyback to what Kevin just said a couple minutes ago. You know, you have been involved since 1980. You're a basketball fan. You love to watch the game. And are you also... expecting to see my name in here? What are you doing? What is this? <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I, no, I'm just saying you, you've he watched. Get paid. <laughs> no, no, you've watched a lot of basketball. Plus, it's been part some, of your. Prof- some years I've barely been paid, but yeah. <laughs> well, this is well. It's been part of your life for three and a, three and a half plus decades uh, as a professional part of your career, and you were watching much more basketball, you know, b- before you called it on. on on the network. I'm just curious when when that we knew the we knew the information was going to come down this morning in any aspect of it all did it surprise you? No, none of this has surprised me. Zero. When the original allegations came out, it didn't surprise me. In fact, what did I say the very first day? Because it's the FBI and they have the resources to do it. I was impressed by the thoroughness of the investigation, how many layers they got agent layer, uh, AAU layer, AAU coach, assistant coach, uh, you know, players' names. I mean, it was the various layers that shows how things were done. That impressed me. There was nothing about it where I went back, really, that's what's happening in college basketball? I mean, no, I said right away. I said there was nothing in that part that surprised me at all. It was. It was just... I was impressed that they didn't just go after a single layer. They went after multiple layers. Now, here are the uh, potential impermissible benefits and preferential treatment for players and families. The schools listed are Alabama, Duke, Kentucky, LSU, Maryland, Michigan State, NC State, North Carolina, Seton Hall, Texas, USC, and Washington. Schools that are named in Christian Dawkins' expense reports seeking reimbursements for thousands of dollars it is alleged that he paid to college and high school players and their families. Clemson, Kansas, Louisville, Michigan State, South Carolina, Texas, USC, Utah, Wichita State, and Xavier. Schools that had families or players listed as meeting with Dawkins. Okay, just meeting with him. Alabama, Creighton, Duke, Iowa State, Kentucky, North Carolina, Notre Dame, Texas, Vanderbilt, and Virginia. Schools with active players implicated. Alabama, Colin Sexton, Wendell Carter of Duke, Kevin Knox of Kentucky, Miles Bridges of Michigan State, Brian Bowen of South Carolina, Eric Davis Jr. of Texas, and Benny Boatwright of USC. Schools with former players implicated. Clemson, Creighton, Iowa State, 
Kansas, Louisville, LSU, Maryland, NC State, North Carolina, Notre Dame, Seton Hall, Utah, Vanderbilt, Virginia, Washington, Wichita State, and Xavier. Wow. Uh, now, now that's that's the listing. Now it should be pointed out that this is all being strategically released along the way because they're trying to build their case. Mm-hmm. And the FBI's done a good job of releasing it right at the beginning of the college basketball season, releasing it last week, releasing it now before March Madness begins. They've strategically released all of this. Now, it should be pointed out that the names that are in here, this is from the computer of one agency, Andy Miller's agency, of which Christian Dawkins was an employee of ASM. And that who knows what computers of other agents say. That's This is one computer, one agent, or one agency. Right? Computer, one agency. There are other agencies out there. Who knows what they say along the way? Which now brings us to the fact that these names that are named in here, they're not going to be prosecuted. They're not going to be prosecuted. But what this does fall under now is that the NCAA has something to work with as a foundation as to what steps they want to take next as to whether they wanted to go after the individual players or schools and create ineligibility. For all the schools that are listed with current players, Alabama, Duke, Michigan State, Kentucky, South Carolina, Texas, and USC, all of them have decisions to make within the next 24 hours as to whether to suspend these players or to keep on going. This is a blockbuster. Well, at least Penn State's not involved. Well, there's one name on there from 2015, and it's D.J. Newbill. And D.J. Newbill is listed on there as getting a loan from the agency. But the ledger is labeled December 31, 2015. D.J. Newbill played his last game at Penn State March 13, 2015. So... If anything happened before that, that's a problem. But if anything happened after that, it is absolutely irrelevant. Now, there is some inkling that it, the loan may have been for him to get to Europe to play after he was done with his eligibility at Penn State. And if that were to be the case, then it is, it's irrelevant, and you're absolutely right, Penn State. And you notice how Penn State's not listed in any of this stuff. Right. And, th- and that could be the reason why. I'm glad Kentucky made one list. Jeez. There's no way he's clean. <laughs> that guy's a thief. Anyway. Yeah. Wow. So there you go. There's a, there's a lot of information to digest in all that. Again, are these are these people in legal trouble? No. There are no more indictments hand, being handed down in this case. But they're also not dismissed. I mean, three individuals asked for their cases to be dismissed, and all three were told no. 
So those cases are proceeding. Now the schools, the names of the players, names of the parents and so forth, okay, they're not, from my understanding, they are in no legal trouble at all. But they are, but the schools and the active players have an NCAA issue that they've got to look at. Now the NCAA put out a statement about how they've got this commission looking into it and blah 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 blah. It's great. Okay. All right, you know, I I got you know, I mean, you put this, these press releases out, and to be honest, and you look at the language you put in, you expect people to take you seriously, then just be serious and be direct about it. Mm-hmm. I don't trust the NCAA with anything. I don't. After I mean, what they did with look, Penn State and all that, I don't trust them. I don't. Well, and, it, and there's another part to this. Look, the, when it comes to football, for example, the NCAA doesn't have much to do with it. Hmm. I mean, the conferences are the ones that negotiate their own contracts. The conferences put together the college football playoff. College football playoff, Inc. runs the college football playoff. The bowls are linked to the conferences. That's how it's run. But basketball, that TV contract... And it's run all by the NCAA. That's their baby. That's where the money comes from. And, you know, that's why you can skeptically, you can be a cynic and say, so North Carolina had a class that nobody was didn't have to go to, but they everybody got A's, including a ton of athletes and basketball players. But because other students could take it, you're not going to do anything about it. Okay, here in the back, cynic in the back, isn't North Carolina one of your key figures in your basketball tournament? I'm just asking. All right? I mean, you're allowed to be cynical about your questions these days because of the link between the NCAA and its basketball tournament. And all these schools listed here are critical as part of that TV contract with TBS and CBS and their basketball tournament. These are some of the more attractive teams in there almost every single year. And no offense, how attractive is your tournament if Tennessee Chattanooga is the number one seed? Wow. That's all you can say is wow, but the bottom line, it's money. Money, 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 money. With, with the ridicule, destroying the, the country. With the ridicule, the NCAA has been getting a been getting a lot of heat, rightfully so, for the past several years. You would think now the pressure on the NCAA should really be turned up at this point to to get this right. I mean, if they get the right information, find out that violations were, you know, you know, did happen. You would think that they would really have to put the hammer down. To save, well, what's the, to save, to at least some kind of safe face. Let's give credit where credit is at least due. That way you have a fair, even-handed conversation about it. The NCAA membership uh, allowed fueling stations for all student-athletes where they can get food literally 24-7 if they want and don't have to pay for it. And that includes walk-ons getting training table and things like that. Positive step. Uh, next part, because walk-ons weren't a part of training table before. Okay, uh, they had labels. Remember, it was uh, if you had a bagel in it with cream cheese, if you added cream cheese to a bagel, it became a, a, a breakfast. Like, what? 
Okay, really? I mean, that's the kind of stuff they got rid of. So step forward, well done. Cost of attendance, step forward, well done. Where where student athletes are getting stipends now at their schools at least because they they can't hold jobs during the course of the year. That's at least a step forward. But they're going to have to make other step forward, and they're going to have to discuss a lot of different ways of doing it, including how do you handle the likeness of a student athlete. Now, in football, how many likenesses of football players? I mean, and this is where the media does a terrible job. I mean, terrible job. Pay everybody. Uh, no, there's 125 guys. You want to pay all 125 guys? Now, how many sports are you going to drop to pay 125 football players? How many sports do you have to drop to balance the budget? Right? In reality, those who can benefit from their likeness on a football team might be, might be, two or three. And in many college football programs, that's an exaggeration. In college basketball, you might have one or two guys. And in the vast majority of college football uh, basketball programs, it's none that could benefit from their likeness. But you'd also have to sit there and ask, what are the unintended consequences, and start talking around the room as to how do you handle it, what are the unintended consequences, how do we manage it, but also make sure the student-athlete benefits if it's possible. I mean, those are all things that have to be discussed. You get, I mean, you have to put some heavy stuff on the table because I am not in favor of making student-athletes salaried employees of a university at all. No. They're getting a free college education. They, they seem to forget about that. So. Well, nobody seems to value that until they get a bill from the university. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, I know. I mean, I have five college graduates in my family. I did not, and I say this only as a point of fact so everyone knows, like the rest of you out there, I paid the state rate for my children to go to Penn State. I did not get the Penn State discount. I did not qualify. Wow. So I, so I, know, what it mean, I know what it means to pay the full state rate. So I know what the bills look like, and I realize the value of a college education and the value of a tuition bill. Hmm. Well, Kansas or Texas Tech? Uh, yeah, I'll take. T- I'm, like I'm, ta- I, I'm taking Texas Tech. <laughs> <laughs> My mind is spinning right now. This I know. Is cool. It's, it's a lot. good conversation. Yeah, it's, there's, there's a lot. There's a lot going on. <laughs> yeah. This beats talking about curling. (laughs) (laughs) Steroids and curling. Can you imagine that? That was cool. No joke. I just get a text a minute ago from one of my college wrestling buddies. He goes, I heard something about Siriano at Rutgers. He's out for the year. Have you heard anything? It's like, well, I've been too busy digesting this big story that's been been on the table all day. I'll I'll get back with you later. (laughs) Yeah, that's, yeah. yeah. That'll make the cut. On Sports Center? No. <laughs> I want to be a sweeper. He's one of two brothers that they don't watch college hoops at all. They're all, they're all, they're all, their chips are all in for college wrestling. They are hard, no, then they, hard then they ought, fans. Then they ought to watch the basketball report because that helps pay for wrestling. I know. I need to text them that now, so I will do that. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, I picked Texas Tech. I got Kansas. I'll take Kansas. 
What are the other ones? Ah, uh, the other ones. Syracuse Duke. Yes, Duke. 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 <laughs> Easy enough. Duke. Sunday game: Florida State, NC State. NC State. I'm going. NC here. State. Yep, NC State too. All three of us taking the upset. Hey, why not? How about uh, Virginia at Pitt? <laughs> Virginia is going to take. I mean, in fact, you know what? I'm going to go a step further. Virginia may shut Pitt out. Wow. <laughs> I got Virginia by fifty. They may yeah, shut him out. <laughs> I mean, I, I, if Pitt scores, they, they they exceed all expectations. Wow! Wow! And you know how much I like Kevin because Kevin spent a summer up here uh, with the spikes. Your station for news, weather, business, and CBS Sports Radio. News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury and on WKOK.com.